Hello and welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. Well, what a week. There's much to talk about today and we're going to jump right into it and try and untangle the narrative that the mainstream media, the political left and the tech tyrants in Silicon Valley are trying to weave. I want to try and make sense of this crisis point for conservatives and point to some hope. You'll find my interview later in the show with former US Army Colonel and political activist Ron Cruz helpful. I spoke to the former Washington DC political insider via video link from his home near Atlanta, Georgia. The other crisis spinning out of the right and the confirmation of the Joe Biden Kamala Harris administration is the left's crackdown on freedom of speech and their attempt to toxify what millions of good people like you and I believe. To discuss this, I'm joined later in the show by George Christensen, the federal member for Dawson and one of the most courageous conservative voices in the nation. Now with Greater Brisbane in lockdown, I'll have some comments on mask wearing that you won't want to miss and I'll update you on the latest regarding the legal case brought against me by two taxpayer funded anti-free speech drag queens. It's a big show this week and you won't want to miss a minute. Well, I'm still processing the shocking events of last week in Washington DC where a mob stormed the Capitol building in the US. Conservatives like you and me feel the weight of such things. I've largely supported the Trump policy agenda despite my misgivings about his character. His surprise win in 2016 was an opportunity to shake up the political establishment to drain the swamp. I believe this was needed, but at the time I wished that someone other than Trump, a true statesman please, would do it. But that didn't happen. Courage to take on the swamp is rare. Here in Canberra, uh, there certainly is a swamp, or, it's, or as it's commonly called, the Canberra bubble. Now, in the absence of statesmen and stateswomen with sufficient courage and cut through, Trump did step up. He took on the Chinese Communist Party and had them on the back foot. He did more to promote human rights for the unborn than any other president. His economic reforms helped the poor, resulting in a dramatic increase in the wages of those at the bottom of society. He secured the US border, as Australia has done with its. He promoted free speech and pushed back on the left's toxic identity politics and cancel culture. He got out of the United Nations ridiculous Paris Agreement which allows China to build coal-fired power stations while weakening the West's energy generating capacity. Trump reversed the managed decline of the US military. At every turn he was opposed bitterly by the Democrats and the mainstream media whose collective hair was on permanent fire for four years. Despite all this, Trump's record is formidable and it is substantive. Biden and Harris want to undo it. All of it. I don't believe that even the, even the most ardent Democrat voters want all of Trump's legacy to be undone. But too many voters are ignorant and are motivated by feelings, not facts. And for now, they live in comfort which blinds them from reality. Sadly, we might need to feel some pain before we wake up. With credible allegations of electoral irregularities and illegalities uninvestigated, it seems that the swamp has triumphed. They may have just gotten away with the steel of the century. The despicable actions of the Capitol Hill rioters have played right into the swamp's hands. Under the cover of tear gas and stun grenade smoke, it seems like they are getting away with the theft of the US presidential election. Certainly the result is tarnished. Even Mike Pence acknowledges this in his letter to Congress. Despite this, he went ahead anyway and, and certified or presided over the certification of Biden and Harris as president and vice president elect. The toxification of Trump, his 75 million supporters and the conservative policy agenda has now begun in earnest. The left never waste a good crisis. Dripping with hypocrisy, they are seeking to drive a stake through the heart of vampire Trump and by extension anyone else who is a true conservative. When leftist mobs spent much of 2020 torching cities, cracking skulls, smashing windows, the mainstream media said peaceful protests. Trump's overblown rhetoric, and, and I don't believe for a moment that he incited violence, and the inexcusable actions of a small, but by comparison to the enormous pro-Trump crowd in DC this week, number of idiots has played into the hands 
of the left and now threatens to trash his legacy. With Biden and Harris now certified as winners, the tech oligarchs have stepped up. Trump is now permanently banned from Twitter. Parler, uh, a Twitter alternative, has been deplatformed by Apple. Scores of conservatives are being kicked off Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We no longer have free speech, we have controlled speech. And our speech is controlled by tech billionaires who will only tolerate their leftist worldview in the public square. So much for love and diversity. Everyone who believes in freedom of speech should be alarmed. These oligarchs have more power than governments over free speech, and they are crushing it. Their compact with the mainstream media and the political left suppresses information, and this is chilling. Joe Biden's lies about his son's shady business dealings with the Ukrainians and the Chinese Communist Party is Exhibit A. The outright dismissal of credible allegations of election irregularities and illegalities of a result-changing scale is Exhibit B. Why should we trust the mainstream media any longer? Biden should care that the election is above reproach and seen to be above reproach. If he truly believes he won fairly, he should not oppose open discussion and investigation of the allegations. Trump should be more gracious and less dogmatic in the way he prosecutes the case. Sadly, it's now too late for that. Nevertheless, I believe he should join Mike Pence and attend Joe Biden's inauguration on January 20. And as the great Christian statesman Franklin Graham exhorted, Trump should also invite the Bidens and the Harrises to the White House as a gesture of goodwill. We live in challenging times. I can't sugarcoat it. For those of us who are Christians, our ultimate hope is never in political leaders, as important and as necessary as they are. Every citizen should care that our leaders are people of integrity and that their policies are based on truth and justice. In Australia, Liberal National Party MP uh, George Christensen and uh, the Liberal MP Craig Kelly are important and courageous voices. So too is New South Wales One Nation leader Mark Latham. There are, of course, others, and naming names is always fraught. However, I'm not aware of anyone credible who is stepping up for or is capable of national leadership of the conservative movement at this time of crisis. Cory Bernardi, through his ill-fated Australian Conservatives Party, gave it a good crack. Let's hope Scott Morrison can overcome the Canberra bubble. The bubble fights to maintain the politically correct status quo, advance toxic identity politics and the globalist agenda. The Canberra bubble needs someone with a pin and courage. The conservative movement is going through a crisis. This is not a time to surrender. We should always be praying. Now is a good time to step this up. We should redouble our efforts to be part of great conservative organisations that are rising in our nation. For Christians, the Australian Christian Lobby is a beacon and everyone should get behind them. There's Advance Australia taking on the anti-Australia get-up organisation and the radical left. And everyone should be involved in the Liberal Party or the National Party to ensure your voice is represented in parliaments around our nation. This is not a time to allow the left to cancel us. It's a long road back, but this is not a time to shrink back. Well, it was an honor to speak with retired US Army Colonel Ron Cruz about the events in the US last week. Despite my error in the pre-recorded introduction, which you'll see in a moment, he is Army, not Air Force. That's a big blue, but he's a gracious man. Now you're going to appreciate the insights he brings as a longtime lobbyist on Capitol Hill and Washington DC insider. Uh, he's also a former member of the Georgia State Legislature, and with the controversy over the certification of the presidential election in Georgia, uh, he brings unique insights. Well, joining me now from Atlanta, Georgia, or just north of Atlanta, Georgia, is retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Ron Cruz, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, he is the uh, former executive director of the Chaplain Alliance for Religious Liberty and spent many years working as an advocate for freedom of religion on Capitol Hill. He's a political insider uh, in the US. And uh, I wanted him to join us today to talk about the events of the last few days in Washington, D.C., which have been quite tumultuous. Uh, Ron, uh, welcome to the Lyle Shelton Show, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's good to see you again, Lyle. 
Ron, the last time we um, spent time together, we, well, we have spent time together in, in Australia since, but uh, it was four years ago uh, you and your wife graciously hosted me uh, in Washington, D.C., and we attended one of the inauguration balls four years ago. Uh, did yeah. you expect the Trump presidency to play out the way it has? Absolutely not. Well, I, I knew that uh, Trump is Trump, and uh, he... Um, is his own person. And there's a lot of that that is very good. And we were very hopeful from the beginning uh, concerning the policies that he would be promoting and the people that he would be putting into key positions in his administration to carry out those policies. And all of that proved true, accurate, for which we were grateful. As you mentioned, uh, uh, I served in, in the military as a chaplain. Before that, I was in the state legislature here in Georgia, where we now live. I served three terms as a state representative. I served in a family policy council up in Massachusetts. Um, and so I've been involved in, in the political arena for, for a number of years. And we were very grateful uh, for the direction that President Trump took our country over the last four years, particularly in the area of religious liberty and the policies that took place uh, through executive order and also through the various cabinet positions, particularly Health and Human Services, Department of Education and Department of Defense. Uh, in the latter, um, they redid the religious liberty policy for all of our military personnel and put in their language that we had been working for for a decade. Um, and so all of that to say, we have been very grateful. Uh, so, 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 so Ron, really what we, you've seen over the last four years, uh, despite, as you say, Trump being Trump and there's aspects of his personality and character and style that yeah. you know, I think we all find challenging and probably you know disagreeable in many ways but um, this has really been a reprieve for uh, people like yourself who have been uh, advocates for freedom of religion uh, that was really under a lot of pressure in the u.s military there was enormous pressure to uh, try and um uh, i guess even d diminish or, or even expunge the work of, of chaplains in the u.s military so so this has been quite uh, a good time for people like yourself. But uh, are you afraid that could all be undone now under a Biden-Harris administration? It can be undone, again, through executive order and through cabinet agencies uh, undoing. Uh, and the promise is that it will be undone. I mean, on day one, I've, I'm reading of uh, executive orders being prepared that will undo a lot of the pro-life policies that, uh, that the president put into place and undoing many of the religious liberty protections that were put into place, not only for the military, but also business owners, nonprofits, adoption agencies, all of those had been protected for the last four years. And those protections we are very concerned about are going to be gone within a matter of, of days now. Yeah, I, I think it's important, you know, for people um, to put aside, you know, the, the Trump personality and, and all of um, that, which and I don't want to come to the, the violence and the controversy, um, which is just raging. Um, uh, that, that's That's gone on over the last few days. But we're talking about the Trump legacy. So it, it's a good one in terms of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, pro-life, pro-family values. Um, I've even seen on his economic policy the left praising him for policies which have lifted the real wages of the poorest people in the United States. He secured your borders. I mean, this is a substantial presidency which, from a conservative point of view, has probably done more than, than almost any other administration and certainly any other conservative government uh, globally as we look around uh, the political situation these days. Absolutely. Uh, he has been called by some in the conservative movement, the most pro-life president we've had uh, in our generation, if not longer or ever. Uh, and, and as you said, even, even his policies economic have made tremendous 
uh, blessings for a number of people. His policies are one thing, his personality is another. Uh, and I have been a strong supporter of his policies uh, and I've endured some of his personalities uh, basically because of what he has done more than what he has said. Well, let's come to some of the things um, that he said in a moment and, and that he's alleged to have said that have supposedly incited violence. But I want to ask you about the US election and, and the contesting of the result, which I, I guess has you know, fed into the, the unrest. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned, and I should have mentioned this in the intro, um, that you were a, a former member of the Georgia General Assembly, which is the equivalent of what we would call the state parliament. Uh, so you were the equivalent of an Australian state parliamentarian for several terms. So Georgia is one of those key um, battleground states where the election is contested. I've seen the video of what happened in Fulton uh, County at the, uh, the Farm Arena. Um, I've seen the allegations of, um, of uh, the electoral laws being changed, not by the legislators, but by uh, county clerks, bureaucrats who are running the system, and, and, and that's allegedly unlawful. Mm -hmm. We've also seen um, the uh, allegations of poll watchers in several states being barred from doing their job. Now, that's unthinkable in the Australian context, that scrutineers would not be allowed to observe the counting of ballots. All of these things are, are allegedly unlawful and, and, and would mean in normal circumstances, if the law was applied, that uh, many hundreds of thousands of votes should, should not be counted. T tell me if that analysis is wrong and if these issues have been properly investigated and, and, and ventilated and given a fair hearing. Well, I believe in a proper world where media were correctly doing their jobs of, of finding corruption and exposing corruption, that we would have had a different outcome. But unfortunately, as, and, and again, I, I, I agree with the president here that our mainstream media is pretty much, if I can put it in this analogy, left-wing and promotes a left-wing ideology so much so that they have ignored doing, I believe, their proper job. And so if I am asked correctly, do I believe that there has been uh, fraudulent votes cast? My answer is yes. Whether the amount of fraudulent votes would have made a difference, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But I live in Georgia, and we have just experienced this week a runoff election where, again, um, an outcome uh, happened that uh, is, is outside the ordinary for our state. We have been moderately conservative uh, for several decades now. And all of a sudden, there is this shift almost in one election cycle. And that's, um, it, it's just very odd and suspicious. Um, and so it is my hope, Lyle, that um, our state legislators, when they reconvene this coming week, will take a serious look at our election laws, our procedures, the machines we use, uh, from top to bottom and do a review. Um, and there's some indication that they're going to do that. Our, our legislature right now is still, our House and Senate is still uh, controlled by the Republicans. Uh, we have a Republican governor, a Republican secretary of state who oversees elections. But unfortunately, um, I, many of us are very concerned that our, particularly our secretary of state didn't do his job. Yeah, this is Secretary of State Raffensperger. This is yeah. the man who leaked um, his telephone call with yeah. the president where the president asked him to explain um, much of this detail. Now, the, the mainstream media focused on probably an unfortunate comment of uh, <clears throat> and a loose comment of the president's where he said, find me 12,000 votes. Right. Now, now, I think that was taken out of context. But if you look at the rest of the call, um, he's asking Raffensperger to explain the detail. And Raffensperger has no answers to some of the things that I raised 
earlier. Um, your your um, Senate Judiciary Committee, the the Senate of the of the Georgia General Assembly, has uh, heard over seven hours of testimony from poll workers uh, who and seen sworn affidavits. Uh, he, Senator Ligon, is convinced there's been widespread fraud, and yet we are continually and patronisingly told by the mainstream media that the, the issues of electoral fraud. In, in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Arizona and Wisconsin and Michigan are yeah. baseless. Um, yeah. but, but there's just too much evidence for that to hold any water. I, I, I agree, Lyle. It's, it's like the mainstream media said, there's nothing there. What are you looking for? Whereas many of us are very concerned that this election uh, did not have the outcome that the voters, the legal voters uh, produced. Uh, and that if we could go back and discern between the legal voters and the non-legal voters, um, those ballots, then I think the outcome would be significantly different. And particularly when you look at congressional races where Republicans picked up congressional seats in areas where they were not expected to pick up. Normally, in election cycles, it is a president that brings a coattail effect that allows uh, legislators uh, on a, down the ballot to be uh, elected with them. But in this case, we've got the people down the ballot being elected, and all of a sudden they're saying at the presidential election level, he did not have the same quality or quantity of votes that those under him. It does not make sense. No, it makes no sense at all. It's completely implausible. And if the election played out the way that uh, the Democrats and the mainstream media want us to believe, where's the analysis trying to explain these anomalies? Where are the election gurus that uh, give a plausible explanation? It just doesn't exist. Um, can, I, can I just ask, you mentioned the Georgia Senate runoff where Kelly Loeffler and um, Purdue lost their seats, their races. Um, do you think that was because the Trump base stayed at home? I saw some figures that suggested 300,000 less voters turned yeah. out and that, that represented, um, you know, the, the, MAGA, the Make America Great movement, the Trump voters who were so disillusioned by what happened in the presidential race that they stayed at home and that then resulted in the loss of those two Senate spots. Yeah, uh, I agree with that, uh, Lyle. That's from what I have read. Uh, areas of our state, particularly in the northwest section of our state, that normally turns out strongly Republican voters that they did not have the numbers to offset what was going on in Fulton County and Lake County and Bibb County, um, that these voters just stayed home. Why? I don't know. Some say it's because of Trump. Uh, telling everybody it's a fraudulent election, that Georgia's corrupt, and that some just gave up and said, no, we're not going to vote, participate. And that's 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 very sad if that's the case. Uh, and we're well, living with that result now for several years. We'll, we'll come to um, what this means for the future of the Republican Party, but let, let's just now turn to the violent scenes that we've all been witnessing. And here in Australia, we've all been distressed to see what yeah. happened at the US Capitol the other week. And um, I, I think it was important for us to have that discussion about the electoral fraud. Now, now nothing obviously justifies violence uh, at all, but you right. can understand high uh, again, I'll be really clear, nothing justifies violence and I condemn it uh, wholeheartedly. But when you've got um, so much evidence of electoral fraud and, and good people like yourself and myself and even Mike Pence in his letter to Congress yeah. referenced illegalities and significant irregularities. Now, that, that's, that's the man who then went and presided over the certification of an election that he even admits uh, is tarnished by illegality and irregularity, his words, mm. his letter. So you can understand people being upset and wanting answers. Um, 
But all of the focus is now on Donald Trump and him supposedly inciting a mob. Now, I've looked at the, and listened to the, the supposedly incriminating things that he said at that rally. I've watched what he's been saying over the last, well, since November 3. I think he's actually been reasonably restrained. He, he's maintained that the election was stolen and a fraud. I think he's entitled to make that allegation and call for investigation. But has he incited violence and and is the left now conflating this as a way to try and bury Trump and to demonise anyone who uh, thinks that his policy agenda uh, had some good to it, as as you and I clearly do? Yeah, well, his rhetoric uh, was not the best. Uh, I mean, he, he said things that were accurate and needed to be said, but I I feel like he got to an edge and then he went a little beyond it. And and what specifically do you mean by that? Well, uh, about uh, the word fight can be construed in many ways. And I think some heard that. And and I, I also believe there were some in that crowd who were there for no good purpose from the beginning. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say all who stormed the Capitol or even the most uh, were in that category, but there were some. We were pretty sure there were some. So, so uh, you're saying some elements. They good. And, and so we, yes, uh, my concern is, is that people took words and interpreted them according to what they wanted to do, what was in their heart to do. And, um, and unfortunate things happen. I do not condone that storming of the Capitol in that way. Marching around the Capitol and circling the Capitol, that's one thing, but crossing those barriers, breaking down windows, barging into offices, destroying property, all of that is absolutely wrong. And I, I condemn it. And, um, but it, it, it's happened. And so now where do we go from here? That's my concern. And that those who have been cons been supportive of policy, we get lumped into the category of all of those folks that stormed the Capitol. We're not there. We're not those folks. Uh, and we still hold the convictions that we have held before Trump was elected and still hold them, our respect for life, our belief that God created us man and woman and that there are to male and female, and that uh, all of the social policies that, that go from that understanding of who we are as people. And so we, we are concerned now that, that not only is Trump going to be tarnished, but all those who hold conservative, and I'll say the word biblical values, are, are in a category now that, that our Twitter feed, our Facebook posts, uh, our ability to communicate in the public square is, is going to be hampered. In, and I'm, I'm concerned about where we go from here over the next days, weeks, and years. Yes. Um, and, and, and I guess this begs the question because We've now got the, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, the mainstream media, really quite perniciously trying to tar all of us, as you said. Um, and, and it would seem that their real agenda is to um, make it completely toxic for anyone to hold the sort of views that you and I hold, which you just so uh, so well enunciated. Um, how do we go forward? And, and who gives leadership to those of us who feel this way and believe in these policy objectives? That's a good question, Lyle, and I don't have an answer for that, particularly in, in our nation right now. I don't know whether uh, Mr. Trump is going to have a platform to continue to lead in the way that he has led, <clears throat> whether Mike Pence is that person or, or someone else to step in, the Ted Cruz, the Marco Rubio, others that um, Senator Hawley that, that have been heroes over the last few days, um, whether they are going to be able to be that voice. Um, but we are, uh, leadership 
we can't have a vacuum of leadership. We're we're going to need uh, leadership right now, particularly in the in the conservative movement here in our nation. And when I say conservative, I'm I'm talking uh, about the evangelical and and politically conservative, economically conservative, defense oriented uh, strength of our country and and love for our country. Our country, the way we have known it over the last couple of hundred years as a republic, Democrat republic, um, that was founded, I, I believe, on, on some good biblical values by our forefathers, our founding fathers. And there are many, as you know, the, the 1610, all of that stuff that, that wants to do away with our basic understanding of who we are as a nation uh, to create this new identity of, of an America that is unrecognizable to those of my generation. Um, yeah. Do, do you think um, that the, the, the Democrat agenda that we're about to see um, re-engaged uh, I think you know it's, it's had a pause for four years but uh, this agenda that um, manages the decline of the US militarily economically socially uh, th that agenda is about to be re-engaged um, with quite some vigor and you've only got to look at what Kamala Harris and, and right. uh, her, her acolytes are. I mean it's quite scary I, I mean they are uh, pernicious in their opposition to freedom of speech and freedom of religion, particularly for conservatives. So they're going to crack down hard on that. Uh, they are going to um, allow the military to, to decline further. Um, that's terrible in the current environment where the Chinese Communist Party is flexing yeah. its muscles aggressively. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're going to um, weaken the border security. So that's a bad thing for a sovereign nation. We've strengthened our borders here in Australia. Um, all, all of these things are going to have massive negative consequences. And, and of course, that flows back. Uh, certainly the, the geopolitical stuff with regard to China, that affects Australia. Yeah. The emboldening of the radical left affects us because it emboldens the radical left here, the people who want to teach our children, the gender is fluid, etc. Um, so this has massive consequences flowing yeah. on. Do you think we're going to have to experience some pain as Christians and as conservative people yes. before our countries wake up and and people, you know, really engage? I'm going to use the word fight. <laughs> I could be accused of inciting violence. But you know what I mean? Uh, people have got to engage the political issues. And, and I think certainly in our country there hasn't been enough engagement and we've seen these terrible slides occur. And now we're going to incur some real pain, I think, by an emboldened uh, left being led by the Democrats in America. Yes. Well, you're right. We, we cannot give up. We cannot stop. We have to continue to speak truth. Now, the scripture tells us speak truth in love. And absolutely, we want to do that. We don't, we don't want to harm people. We want to speak truth to them for their own health, for their benefit. And so we cannot stop. We have to continue. And that's my concern. Um, as, as I'm sure you're aware, there were a number of key evangelical leaders who met regularly with the president uh, for dinners at the White House and prayed for him. And I, my challenge to them is that they continue to speak out and that because we're going to have a different person in the White House unless I mean, some are still saying that there's something going to happen. I don't know about that. It looks like we're going to have a different person sitting there, but those evangelical leaders in our nation need to continue to speak truth to our society as long as we're allowed to speak it. As you have indicated, on, on college campuses around our country, the idea of free speech is hardly recognizable. If you do not agree with the agenda, you are not allowed to speak on campuses around our country. Uh, if you do, 
your audience is very restricted. That's a concern of mine. Uh, that free of freedom of speech and freedom of religion are closely connected, and and where one is damaged, the other is damaged. And so, when we have policies that are going to dictate to um, religious institutions that you must uh, accept these policies, for instance, in the adoption agencies, you've got to adopt, allow adoptions according to our definition of adoptions, not according to the definition you hold, which, by the way, just comes from scripture, which is thousands of years old, uh, that if you're going to do business in this state, you have to agree with our definitions and our policies. That is coming back um, with a vengeance in our country over the next uh, days, weeks, and years. Yeah, well, I, I think we're in for um, a big wake-up call. I think uh, the unrest that we're seeing is is terrible, but it's symptomatic of the um, extreme polarization uh, that's there in America. Um, Ron Cruz, I want to thank you so much for uh, giving of your time and, and your analysis as someone who served your country uh, in the military, in the state legislature in Georgia, and, and as an advocate for freedom of, of religion. Uh, thanks for giving us your insights into what's going on in America, and we'll continue to pray for the situation over there. Thanks very much, Ron. Thank you, Lyle. It's good to be with you, and God bless you and your family. The crisis in the US has spilled across the Pacific to Australia with the left here in meltdown as it tries to tar Australian conservatives with the same brush as the Capitol Hill mob. One of the leaders they hate the most is a man I really love and that's George Christensen, the federal member for Dawson in Mackay, Queensland. I spoke to him earlier in the week. Well, joining me now is uh, my good friend, George Christensen, the federal member for Dawson. Uh, George, thanks very much for joining The Lyle Shelton Show. Thanks very much, Lyle. George, the, the recent we are here talking today uh, is quite extraordinary circumstances. We've seen the carnage in the US with the violence in the US Capitol and uh, just the tumult over the whole US election. Um, you and, and I and, and many others right around the world, including Mike Pence, have expressed concern about illegalities and irregularities in the in the US election, and yet somehow uh, this is being seen as as speech that needs to be cancelled. Why can't we talk about whether or not uh, there are illegalities and irregularities, as Mike Pence's letter to Congress said? Why can't that be discussed openly? Well, it should be discussed openly, and it's been suppressed. And when you suppress things and try to silence them and censor them, uh, suddenly something erupts as we saw the other day. Now that's not to condone it. Um, any criminal act, any violent act uh, is not welcome. And uh, quite frankly, it's as not welcome as the Black Lives Matters riots that happened all over America. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen a great deal of hypocrisy from the left in uh, wanting to jump all over uh, the, uh, the protests that uh, a small proportion of protesters turned into a riot at the Capitol, uh, but at the same time trying to uh, talk down the violence that was in the Black Lives Matters protests, which also turned into riots. Yep. Uh, and I think that there's something to be said about that. But um, look, you know, uh, this talk about censoring commentary about, uh, uh, you know, whether there was election irregularities or election fraud uh, or censoring Donald Trump, it really is just going to pour fuel on this fire. And it is a very big fire. Yeah, it is. And, and we want to, as you said, we obviously condemn violence. That goes without saying, although it would have been great if the left were condemning the violence when US cities were burning instead of talking about peaceful protests. But but now this has all been conflated as a way to try and make people think yep. that somehow those who are conservatives um, are part of this violence and that the only way to stop the violence is to actually shut down conservative voices and our policy agenda. This is uh, the criminalisation of politics almost, and it's quite detestable. If you disagree with someone, have a debate. Don't try and get them locked up. But now they're wanting to silence us, censor us, lock us up, uh, do all sorts of things, deplatform us. That's the uh, 
the latest craze. I see that uh, even uh, Christina Keneally uh, here, you know, Christina, she's out there uh, telling Scott Morrison to uh, shut down, whatever that means, shut down Craig Kelly and myself and demand that I take um, my, uh, my profile off Parler, which is the only one of the few rather free speech social media platforms that's left. Um, well, it's, 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 it's about to go because Amazon shut down its servers to it. Isn't that funny? Uh, you know, um, they say to all the conservatives, uh, well, if you don't like uh, Facebook's terms and conditions or Twitter's terms and conditions, go to your own. So then they all go to their own. It's called Parler. Next thing, uh, the server shuts uh, Parler down. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost a witch hunt and it's very, very concerning. It's very concerning, George, because it, it it's trying to toxify anyone who uh, supports um, the policy agenda of, of uh, President Donald Trump, and, and there were many good things about his policy agenda. Um, you know, I note that uh, John Anderson, the former Deputy Prime Minister and leader of your political party, um, had an academic on his podcast recently, the author of The Case for Trump, and, and they both talked about the positive aspects of... Yeah, Hanson. Uh, they they talked about the positive aspects of that agenda: the the strengthening of the military, the securing of borders, the standing up to the Chinese Communist Party, the support for freedom of speech and freedom of religion, the the economic lift of the poorest uh, citizens of of the U.S. All of these things are positive things, and yet the left now, because of uh, the terrible violence that we've seen, are now trying to conflate. Um, the conservative agenda and demonise it and discredit it and censor it. And um, this is really, really concerning. What can we do in this country to push back on this, given that even the likes of Christina Keneally are trying to censor people like yourself and, and, and other conservatives? Well, they're just two-bit players, people like Christina Keneally, trying to jump on a bandwagon while they think that the going's hot. The reality is that the biggest threat... To democracy right now is the social media platforms uh, and I say that word quite clearly they are platforms they are not publishers they can't have it both ways they claim to be platforms and that's what they should be uh, whereby other people get to go on and publish profiles and pages and tweets and uh, videos on for instance uh, platforms like YouTube and the rest of it and then there's some commentary that uh, that is spurned from those uh, those content that's 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 posted onto these platforms. So um, you've got platforms that enable publishers, and what happens under Australian law, Lyle, is that uh, the publisher, the page owner, the profile owner, the person who put the video up on YouTube or the person who put the tweet out there, is the one who takes all liability for that publication. Uh, so if there's something defamatory that's put up. They are the ones who will front court. Not Mr. Zuckerberg, not Mr. Dorsey, uh, not Mr. Google. Um, it's going to be uh, the person who actually has a page or a profile or a channel on YouTube. Now, uh, that's a very big, big thing. You can't have it both ways. You can't say I'm a platform that doesn't do any publishing and then at the same time take down certain people, uh, restrict what certain people say, uh, have some fake fact check that comes in or shadow ban people as we hear that's going on because that in effect makes them a publisher. Now, it, it actually is making them a publisher in the worst possible way. It's a publisher with a horde of volu volunteer contributors, uh, volunteer journalists, volunteer opinion writers, volunteer photographers, volunteer documentary makers, uh, and they're picking and choosing which voices will be heard. More and more, it's in line with a political viewpoint. I just want to finish on this. They, they say stuff that goes against our community standards. Well, another term for community standards is editorial guidelines. So, so they're becoming publishers. And if they want to be publishers, then they're going to have to face all the liability that a publisher actually has, which includes defamation. No, well, that's right. And they have... Um been manipulating um, information. Uh, they suppressed uh, information about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and uh, right. the, revela the revelations there that showed that um, 
he was involved in a cash for access scheme with his dad with the Chinese Communist Party and had business dealings with the Ukrainians that Biden lied about. And all that information is suppressed by big tech and the mainstream media. The concerns about election irregularities, all manipulated by big tech. Um, these, these, they're essentially monopolies. Um, obviously, they're domiciled in, in the US, but, but can things be done under Australian law to break up Absolutely. these monopolies? Um, and, and also to um, ensure that, uh, you know, particularly in the case of Twitter, that there's verification of the people who own those accounts. And, and, and instead of banning all conservators or banning conservative views that they don't like, um, let the police go after people who incite violence online and, and, then, and then keep the tech tyrants out of trying to regulate our free speech. So two issues there, the monopoly control and the verification so the police can take action against people who incite violence online. Yeah, look, and, and you're, you're right with that. Uh, look, uh, there should be antitrust laws in Australia. Uh, we don't have them to any great degree like they do have in other places. That's one thing that we could use as a bit of a big stick, as they call it, to uh, uh, wave at the, um, at the tech tyrants that want to silence uh, people. And, and can I just say just quickly, um, not just people like Donald Trump, average people every day come to me saying, I'm in Facebook jail now for a week for uh, reposting some edgy cartoon that they saw online. Um, it, it, this is pernicious and it's happening everywhere, every day. And it only happens in one direction. I am yet to hear any report of a left-wing activist or a left-wing comment, uh, video, post, being silenced or being um, censored or, or even fact-checked. Um, no, that's but, right. But well, look, I just lost 250 Twitter followers in the last couple of days. Um, you know, show me someone on well, the left who's lost 250 Twitter followers. You know, the, the scary thing is, I don't know whether that's because they've just uh, stripped them from you or whether those 250 people have been disappeared off Twitter. And uh, that's what's happening right now. It's a massive purge. Uh, I've got to tell you, Lyle, um, more, 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 more fool you because I got off Twitter a long time ago. It's a cesspit, no, mate. They can have uh, it. <laughs> it. It is a cesspit, but uh, you should have stayed there, George. We need to not vacate the space. But, George, I know your time's... Um, Tight. Just one final question. I saw over the last couple of days uh, your colleague from South Australia, Senator Alex Antich, suggesting there should be right. a Senate inquiry into the power of uh, big tech in Australia. Um, do, do you think that is a direction the government should pursue? Well, look, there needs to be an inquiry, yes, uh, but more so there needs to be laws. Uh, let's not uh, pussyfoot around with uh, navel-gazing at this. We either believe in free speech on the internet or we don't. Um, free speech, obviously, that's within the law, no defamation, no incitement to violence. Uh, those things uh, can get taken down when, of course, there's legal remedies in place to take them down. And that's why I started a petition, Lyle, at www.stopcensorship.com.au that I'm wanting people to get on board with. We're gonna send a message to the communications minister that we need laws in this country that uh, restrict the right of big tech to have their platforms uh, out there censoring, shadow banning, uh, sin binning, fake fact checking people because the fact checks even Lyle are now completely and utterly uh, fake themselves. Uh, they say that uh, you know a post's fake when actually you go in and you have a look at the detail and it's not fake, it's just disputed. Or exactly. alternatively, they actually post that it's disputed they won't even say it's fake, they'll say it's misleading when it's not, or they'll say that it's missing context. Well, uh, most things in political discussion are disputed. Most things are missing some sort of context. So this is pernicious. It, it, is, it is censorship and it needs to stop. Yeah, and it's only happening to one side of politics. Uh, Stopcensorship.com.au, uh, support George's campaign. And, George, just a shout-out to the Prime Minister. I saw his press conference last week where he was asked whether he should rein you in because of apparently misleading information you're spreading. And, and full kudos to Scott Morrison who said, no, well, we, we believe in free speech. May we long believe in free speech in this country and have prime ministers who will support that publicly. George, uh, thanks very much for being with the Lyle Shelton Show today.
Thanks, Lyle. Keep up your good work. One of the hard to swallow aspects of last weekend's snap lockdown of the greater Brisbane area was the rule that masks had to be worn outside when you're going for a walk or a run and even while you were driving alone in your car. How you can catch or transmit the CCP virus while you're going for a run or driving alone is beyond reason. I'd like to see the health advice on that. Thankfully though, with the lockdown ended, that particular mask mandate has been relaxed. One man speaking common sense though on masks is David Crucifelli, the new LNP opposition leader. My view on masks is carry one around and if you feel you should wear it, so be it. If you feel that, that, you, that you're safe, that you're in an environment that you're able to keep that space, that, that you don't feel as though there's a threat, then you don't have to wear it. I, I, I'm a believer in freedom for the individual and and where there is a health response that says that you have to do this, and these are the reasons, most sensible people will respond. Well, David's still new in the job following the October election, but as you can see, with comments like that, he runs rings around Labor. For those who've been following the taxpayer-funded anti-free speech legal action taken against me by two LGBTIQA drag queens, my lawyers have now responded in the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal to the original statement of complaint. You can read both documents uh, on my website, uh, lyleshelton.com.au, and I'd encourage you to have a look at the detail. The ball is now in the drag queen's court. I hope they drop their anti-free speech action and that the government amends the flawed Anti-Discrimination Act so freedom of speech can be restored in our nation. One more thing before I go. If you'd like a free copy of the first chapter of my book, which is titled, I kid you not, Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture Wars, drop me an email at lyle at lyleshelton.com.au. This offer is for viewers of The Lyle Shelton Show uh, here at The Good Source, and it is my way of saying thanks for watching the video or listening to the podcast. Don't forget, if you like this content and if you're inspired by it, please share the show before big tech cancels us completely. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for being part of this audience. God bless. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show. 